Time now for the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. And now, here she is, the smart, the sexy, the savvy, Divine Miss C. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. You know, I love doing the show, and, and the best part is I get to have really great people on the show, very interesting people. Sometimes we do a variety show, and other times we do the Masters and Legends special, as I like to call them. And, and we get well-known performers or, or musicians, sometimes singers, to be on the show, and we talk about their lives. And we also talk about, you know, what does it take it to become a professional musician or singer? Because there are a lot of people who aspire to that. But it's not a fly-by-night thing, as you'll find out. There's a lot of work involved. So today we're doing the Masters and Legends special, and I have professional singer Andy Stefano, and I want to welcome you to the show, Andy. Thanks. Let's first talk about you when you're a little kid and and music. Was there inspiration growing up? Yeah, let's go way back. Uh, My family used to take an annual vacation to St. Pete Beach. And we went to the Desert Ranch Motel. <laughs> okay. And, you know, with all the family going all at one time, it was something that the kids would look forward to. But you would say, okay, the high diving board and being on the beach. I looked forward to that nightclub they had on the second floor where Lenny D played his Hammond B3 and entertained. So I'd get to put on my little suit and put on a little skinny tie and go <laughs> up and drink Shirley Temples while uh, Lenny was playing. And I, I, I just looked at his life and I said, this has got to be fun. What a way to make a living. So uh, that was an inspiration of sorts because that was not the direction that I, I headed into. I just admired people who could do that and tried to understand what their life was really like. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, your family, were they musical at all? There's some musical ability in my family. My mother is a wonderful voice, uh, never did it professionally. No one in my family ever did. Uh, she played accordion. My aunt played piano. I understand my great-grandfather used to sing opera in Sicily. But I guess I'm the, I'm the first to ever kind of go at this thing and try and make a buck at it. Now, you also have a daughter, because I saw her at a rehearsal once that got up and, and sang, and she also had an amazing voice. Yeah, she's a, she's a true property and was courted by a couple of labels, uh, made the decision to become an educator, and uh, you can be proud of her for that. Uh, but uh, she had some great opportunities flung her way, and uh, they didn't come through in time. She had a mortgage to pay, and she was practical, and she doesn't regret it at all. But I, do, I get to work with her occasionally. She's a, a, a real wonderful performer with a beautiful voice. Uh, my son has a great voice, but he just won't do it in front of anybody. But uh, I understand that. It's the, the, probably the fear, right? Yeah, the, it, it, looking at genetics, my daughter did not get her voice from me, got it from, mo- from her mother, who has an has a, a angelic voice, so, still sounds like a little kid when she sings, but has no drive to be on stage. So the talent came from the mother's side, and the ambition to go out there and, and expose yourself to ridicule came from me. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's interesting. There are, there are some people who have so much talent, they have no clue, and they would be famous if they actually got up. And on the other hand, you, you know, you have some people that don't have the talent, but they want to be up there. Right. Well, let's look at, at the motivation for it. If the motivation is to be famous, we always talk about it being a one in a million shot. And just trying to understand why I'm even here, because I'm 
part of that 999,999 because I did not become a star and I don't know that I really had the ambition to become a star. If you're doing it to become famous and extraordinarily wealthy, this is the probably not going to work out. It's not a one in a million, it's one in 50 million to be able to make it to that level. But it can be rewarding as a profession if you're fortunate enough to be able to work consistently in this shrinking market for musicians and entertainers or just do it occasionally. It's important to do this for the love of it. And I think that I can get as much pleasure riding in my car singing uh, as, as I do when I'm in front of maybe a, a thousand people. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you doing it more for yourself? Because I, I know your friend Tony Milio was talking about, you know, he, he's a professional yeah. singer. I've interviewed a lot of professional musicians and singers on the show, and they all say that same thing that you just did. You have to do it for the love first. So sometimes right. you have to go out and get gigs where it's not paying any money or paying hardly anything, right? right? Absolutely. So you better have a day job. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and believe it or not, it's not just going to do a, a show at, eight o'clock at night and working for three or four hours. It's a very time-consuming profession, whether you're doing it part-time or full-time. Uh, on a show day, it easily starts at three in the afternoon, so you're abandoning whatever it is you're going to do that day to uh, start ironing shirts and getting ready and loading equipment in cars. And a lot of what we do is schlepping. You, you do a lot of that kind of work. You're, right. you're loading up your car with equipment and carrying things, and people think you, you're you, they think that you have roadies and you don't, yeah, unless you you're don't really have, super no, famous. You you're don't. doing everything no, from at, at, the At beginning. the height of it, that I had four guys that, uh, that did sound and lights, and they did move equipment and set up equipment. But I was always there, and I was always working with them. And you've got five minutes to curtain, and I'm still wearing a pair of blue jeans, so it's into some restroom, not a dressing room. Those things really only exist <laughs> in, in, in the movies. You're in a restroom uh, changing into a tuxedo five minutes before curtain. That's the reality of it. For most of us that are engaged in performing of any kind, it's an awful lot of hard work. It, whether you're a vocalist uh, or, say, a, a pianist. Uh, my, my pianist uh, that I work with all the time, she has to load her electronic keyboard and her benches and her music stands and her lights and charts and all these other things. When you're working with real music and large bands, library operations hours and hours and hours to prepare for a show to make sure that every musician has the proper music and has the and that it's complete it's not something you can really get away with part-time you got to love it or, or yeah and, and, it. and it sounds like even if the gig play uh, pays well it really doesn't because there's probably twice as much work as the if you yeah. involve the actual pre-setup time yeah. and and after the fact of wrapping up it's at least double if not triple the yeah, amount were, of time for there that was money a, there was a, a time uh Understanding how I ended up in this, that uh, I didn't even start singing even close to professionally until I was almost 40 years old. I did work in production throughout my life. My aunt, who uh, exposed me more than anyone to Frank Sinatra's music, she loved Frank Sinatra. She was a booking agent, in fact, booked our friend Tony Melio for a number of years. So I did work with her and working with her acts and producing them, and, and I go back and film and television and audio production back to the early 70s. So that was my exposure. I was always behind the scenes or behind the camera, never in front of it. Just for fun, I had a little recording studio and a friend of mine uh, was a guitar player. So he would come in and lay down some tracks in my studio, but he had no vocalist. So he was doing a Brian Adams song. Okay. 
And he said, would you do the, the vocals for it? I said, sure. So I went ahead and sang it. You know, he says, yeah, you sound like Frank Sinatra. You, I kinda, you do. I've heard you sing. You <coughs> I kind of, yeah. I kind of had to laugh at that. That uh, you, you got the look too. Well, I probably look more like Dean Martin because I spend <laughs> a lot of time on the floor. <laughs> but he, he, he thought I sounded like him, and I really wasn't trying to. I was singing Brian Adams. It was that strong Sinatra influence that was showing itself when I sang Brian Adams, and it's pretty tough for me to stray outside of Sinatra because that's been my musical influence. Well, he brought me a backing track, so I started singing for fun, and I bought more, and then I got really exaggerated and bought a complete PA system and, and went on and on. And my dad always used to tell me, yeah, you might have a pretty good voice. Maybe one day you might learn a song or two to sing at parties. And as usual, I exaggerated. Right. And, and I started doing this where I have a pretty good repertoire. Uh, I've done shows that were uh, close to five hours long. And you, That's you long. go out and you sing... 75 78 songs in, in in one afternoon this was at the casino you have to have a, a pretty good working repertoire and it just kind of happened it was uh, it wasn't intentional you no kind of no I I, I started playing trumpet when when I was eight years old I wanted to play piano but my my parents knew I could never use that in the marching band so they got me a trumpet and I became drawn to the trumpet played until I was about 18 years old and never was what I would consider to be very good. Could have been had I dedicated myself, and that was the issue. I was not willing to work hard at this craft. I can say to anybody that wants to do music is going to have to work, <coughs> right. work very hard to become good at it. I work with a lot of great musicians. Some of them, you're not going to say that they're known, but they're known in musical circles. Some are not known at all. But to do what they do, to take an inanimate object and produce music, that's, I have so much respect for that because it's nothing but focus and dedication throughout an entire lifetime. That I do not have. So I can attribute that I've been able to stand in front of a 54-piece symphony orchestra and perform in an auditorium with 1,100 people or do an outdoor concert with like 4,000 people. It wasn't from hard work or effort. It was just plain luck. Right, and you have no fear because before we were recording this, we were talking about I have fear if I have to get up in front of a lot of people, yeah. and you have none. You're you're perfectly no, normal. No, I, 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 the only time I ever had anything of what you would would resemble stage fright was getting ready to do this radio show with you. No, I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, as somebody asked me to sing my way at his father's funeral, uh, yeah, you can go on stage and you can sing my way and botch it up pretty bad and laugh it off, but you don't do that at funerals. Right, right. Uh, my daughter is asked to sing at weddings. That's another case for it where she's in the cathedral singing Ave Maria from memory. And uh, I you hope gotta, you remember the words. Yeah, I got to hand it to her. You know that, that that's that. I wouldn't want to do that, but to go into a nightclub. We're all drunk. Who's, <laughs> who's, who's worried about it? And I, I, I They'll work, sing along with you, even if it's the wrong words. Yeah, and I, and I give this advice. I know that people become very uptight, and I've worked with an ensemble group called Rat Pack 2 for a bunch of years. My daughter was in it as well. Uh, some of the guys were kind of worried about it. You know, they're kind of frightened. I said, what are, you, what are you worried about? This is your living room. This, this place belongs to you. Why are these people here? Yeah, the food is good and all, and it's close to home, but... They're really here because you're here. Become comfortable with that. You own this place. 
Uh, and y- y- you've got to realize they don't put people to death for bad performances anymore. That went out, you know, like Henry VIII. So we're, we're okay. I work with uh, a, a, a wonderful performer named Amy Morgan, and I'm still working with her today. And when I sh- first started working with her, I guess there was a little bit of that concern about, uh, and I wouldn't call it stage fright, but concern. And I told her they're not really paying attention. And not, not to demean the audience at all, because that's the only reason that we're even out there, but they don't pay that close attention. And if you don't know the lyrics, what makes you think they do? So don't be so concerned about memorizing lyrics. Just right. go out and let it sort of fall out. And we would play with it. We would just make up lyrics and change things and say funny things. And as she experimented, she realizes they aren't paying that close of attention. And that removed the fear. It is a relationship between yourself and the audience that's going to make you successful. If you're frightened, that's contagious. If you're not having a good time, they're not going to have a good time. So rule number one, if you're going to be a performer, is to enjoy it, have a good time. Then they'll start to. Uh, Listening to recordings, I can't remember what I did. I can't, if you asked me a song right now, I couldn't remember it. I have to be in that place at that time, and I hear the music playing, and all of a sudden, the words start falling out. I can't remember right. them. I, I understand that. Exactly. That's what I right. do in the car is when I hear the right. song, I can sing along with it. But if you said to me, write down all the words to that song or just, just say them, I, 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 I need the music as the cue. When, when I teach people uh, to, to sing, because I encourage people just to try it. It doesn't matter if it's a, at, a, at a karaoke bar. Uh, it's a wonderful hobby. And I play golf, I fly airplanes, I have a lot of things that distract me, but I'm never more distracted than when I'm performing. I'm not thinking about my problems, I'm thinking about that performance and enjoying that that moment. So for many years, I actually had a, a partnership we did karaoke shows. That's one of the reasons that I was able to develop singing because I sang at my own karaoke shows with my partner. Why do people love that so much? It is wonderfully distracting, so I encourage you to do it. Uh, go out and just I do, I, I do it in the car. I have karaoke sure. discs, and I do it in the car. And I do it for me. It's not that I'm, I want to perform it, but just because I do like to sing, and, and it's fun. And if I make a mistake, well, you know, I make a mistake, I just start it over again. Well, I, 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 as far as mistakes go, you can get away with that today. But part of it is a process of memorization. And the way our brain processes something from a memory as opposed to an autonomic response is completely different. And I discovered this by accident. I was 12 years old and I was entered into a speech contest with the optimist, wrote my own speech and couldn't remember it because I was trying to memorize. And it was the day of the speech and I was trying to memorize it and I was getting nowhere and I got angry and I wadded it up and threw it down and went walking in the yard and just started speaking. If I thought about it, it changed the neural pathways and it put up a block. And I find today, the only, I don't memorize songs and I don't tell anybody to try and memorize a song, perhaps visualize the imagery and see the song, but it never stop and think because every time I do, last week I was getting ready to do a performance uh, at the KPOC events facility. I'm going out for my second set and I was for some reason, I started thinking about that song I was going to open with, and it would not come to me. It bl- you blank out. Totally blanked. It was shut down. So it, 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 that'll happen when you think about it. So I advise people not to think about it, not to be uptight, and not to really care. They just don't put you to death anymore for lousing up. That's it. Well, don't go anywhere. I, when we come back, I want to sure. talk about the visualization you were just talking sure. about. Hang, stay with us. Part of the program where we have to thank the people that have worked really hard. 
and not for a night only, but for a lifetime, because my job, I feel, is very Hey, drink up, all of you people. Order anything you see and have lots of fun. You happy people, the drink and the laughs on me. I try to think that love's not around. Still, it's uncomfortably near. My poor old heart ain't gaining any ground because my angel eyes ain't here. Angel eyes, the old devil sent. They glow unbearably bright. Need I say? That my love's misspent Misspent with angel eyes Tonight So go ahead and drink up all of you people Order anything that you see And have lots of fun, you happy people the drink and the laughs on me. Do you suffer from back, neck, or body pain? Do you suffer from migraines or have jaw or face pain? Has conventional medicine failed you? Were you injured or in an accident? Call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society, a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664. 1664 today. That's 813-935-1664 and get on track to better health. Are you looking for an affordable way to advertise to thousands of consumers nationally? If you own a business and didn't think you could afford radio advertising, you need to call me, Lori Zook, host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. My show reaches thousands of people on 29 AM and FM stations nationwide, as well as through the internet. Additionally, your commercials will also be heard on all of my podcasts and throughout social media sites. Don't wait another minute. Call me at 813-777-4908. 813-777-4908. And let me bring your message to the nation and to help you gain more exposure. Hi, this is Lori Zook, radio host from the world of Lori Zook. I was so nervous about getting tattooed. But after doing my due diligence and checking out companies and artists, I had my tattoos done by Justin Dubow of Suncoast Tattoos. He is knowledgeable and artistic, and he gave me a beautiful tattoo, and he put me at ease before, during, and after the process. I just love my new tattoo. Go get your tattoo at Suncoast Tattoos. Call them at 727 
727-575-7935 today. That's 727-575-7935. Or go to suncoasttattoos.net. Central Payment, your number one credit card merchant service provider in the industry. Providing e-commerce solutions, POS systems, standalone terminals, mobile apps, and much more. Call Central Payments, James Carner at 813-777-4332. Looking for the lowest rates in the industry and number one customer service? Call Central Payments, James Carner at 813-777-4332. That's James Carner, 813-777-4332. Welcome back to the world of Lori. Thanks. Yeah, that was, that was uh, Crash Clifton playing that trombone solo from Making Whoopi. That was great. So sexy. Such a oh, sexy song, song, the way that he did that. Yeah. Well, Andy, in the last segment, we were talking about visualization. I don't know that everyone knows what that is. You hear it. It's a big word. I know what it is, but can yeah. you explain well, what I mean, it is? We use it all the time that somebody will remind us of something else so that we can remember their name. But uh, often uh, song lyrics come from the visual imagery that it paints in your head. And that's one of the ways that I try to teach people how to remember lyrics because you're not mem remembering them uh it's there's a visual image that you remember much easier to process and retain so it kind of falls out falls out of your face now another another thing that does happen and i'm fortunate in doing so much sinatra repertoire i started doing a lot more dean martin repertoire and there's there's a dramatic difference between those two fellas uh, but in the sinatra repertoire if you listen to that music nothing repeats 
which is a big difference from a lot of the modern music. They loop stuff. So they do a measure and they loop it and they loop it and they use it over and over again. And if you listen to Sinatra pieces, those are those arrangements, every single measure is different. So if you really listen to the music a lot, you're going to recognize where you are in the song, even if you get lost. So always try to try to listen. If you're lucky to be singing Frank Sinatra, you have an advantage over almost all the other music out there. Okay, that was a that was a great explanation of it. Now you said you really didn't turn pro until you were forty. Yeah. So how did that how did that come about? I mean, you were backstage, you were doing this. Well, it was sort of well, accidental. I, yeah, we'll talk I, about I did, a little bit. I did a lot of production work throughout my life. Uh, the closest thing to being on stage is I was doing sound and lights for a, a band, and I was with them for I guess a month or so. Uh, they were breaking in a new horn player. The lead vocalist was visiting somebody and missed his flight back to town so there was nobody to do the rehearsal and i had seen the show and i said hey i'll, I'll go ahead and i'll do his part and i'll do kevin's part so i got up there in the rehearsal and sang it i don't know why i even volunteered because i never did anything like that but it you know, came off pretty well starting to actually do it i started singing just for family and friends uh, using backing tracks karaoke tracks but within a year and my daughter and i she was 15 uh, when she started at the same time I did, we started working together and within a year we're working in dinner theater together, performing to backing tracks. This is sort of a necessity today to reproduce Frank Sinatra's music. For example, uh, it's, it's a lot of people. Uh, it's kind of hard to do it with, with less than eight musicians behind you. Uh, my wonderful friend and uh, pianist, uh, uh, Jill O'Neill, she did prepare a show uh, uh, in the neighborhood of uh, about 80 songs for us to do in performance, which was just for the quartet based upon Frank Sinatra's work with the Red Norvo Quintet. But Frank Sinatra was not a small band singer. It's kind of rare, but there's a way of doing it with a small band if, if you have the right arranger, and I've been fortunate enough to have that. You're going to work with backing tracks in this business, and it took a number of years uh, almost two decades before I, I got the opportunity to work with, with a live band and to be able to work with a, with a big band, which is a 17-piece band. That's kind of rare. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Right. It's pretty much on an event basis. Currently, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this uh, monthly uh, with uh, uh, Bernie Maloney's big band, uh, and we do this uh, in Clearwater at the... Uh, what was called the Kapok Tree. It's now Kapok Special Events. Uh, it's a wonderful show we do it the first Wednesday of the month, and, and it's a terrific band, but it's such a rare opportunity anymore to be able to, where the venue can afford to do it right now we we were talking on the commercial break the the reason it, it, it's different nowadays than it used to be you were talking about how people come in they don't spend the money there's not a big markup yeah. on food or drinks so you have to use the track the backup tracks yeah. digitally because you can't afford to pay yeah. for it and, and in band, a lot right? of ways that's yeah it, it, it's that's it, sad. It, it's economics now that there was a time uh and from prior to 85 for example that there were a lot of nightclubs and there were big show clubs and there were big larger bands playing which it might have been eight pieces or so uh, and, and maybe even larger but let's think of where the revenue comes and if you're in this industry they call it show business half of it's show the other half is business so you have to understand how we get paid to go and perform if you're in a venue it's a, a restaurant nightclub 
you buy a $22 entree, that restaurateur is going to make maybe six bucks off of it. Uh, if you buy a drink, they're going to make six bucks. And in the old days, people would go out and they would have dinner and they would have a drink or two before they had dinner and they have a couple drinks after they had dinner and then maybe they'll have another drink before they hit one for the road, as mm-hmm. the Frank Sinatra song right. says. And, and whenever I do that song, I said, I'm going to have one for the road and hope the Highway Patrol doesn't catch me. Yeah, yeah, it's different because, world now, yeah. Because the laws have changed, and rightfully so. Uh, irresponsible drinking is a huge problem. But that was where all that entertainment revenue came from. It was alcohol, and there's so much margins in it. So the places where we work, they don't have the money to pay, uh, to pay musicians, to, to, to give up the floor space, to put a stage, to put a band. So what we end up with, if we get the opportunity, most of the time, it's you alone with your little PA and uh, a load of backing tracks coming off your iPad. Right. It's, it's okay, but there's, you lose that organic feel that you get with working with real musicians because and a live band right. every time you work with a live band it's just a little bit different and it's it's a little bit more challenging to sing to a track right. is always timed the same way it's always right. hitting on those but it's same probably beats. more magical it probably gives you more excitement to to, to having a live band having a live band and also uh, you know when you think of having a, a solo act um my only solo act is in the shower you know that, that's about it uh, i'm either working with the track or working with a band and i did work in an ensemble group for a number of years and there was four of us working in the group and we played off each other and we were cracking jokes and trying to make the other guy bust up laughing when he was trying to sing it was fun and you you had that I thought that working in front of the band would be sort of a solo act, but it, it really isn't. You're playing off the band. Right. Well, don't go anywhere. We're going to go out to the segment with some of your music, and we'll be back in just a second. Okay. And only happen in a town like this. So may I say to each of you most gratefully, as I throw each one of you a kiss This is my kind of town Chicago is my kind of town Chicago is my kind of people too People who smile at you and each time I roam Chicago is, it's calling me home Chicago is, why I just jump off the ground It's my, my kind of town Do you suffer from back, neck, or body pain? Do you suffer from migraines or have jaw or face pain? Has conventional medicine failed you? Were you injured or in an accident? 
call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society, a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664 today. That's 813-935-1664. And get on track to better health. Are you looking for an affordable way to advertise to thousands of consumers nationally? If you own a business and didn't think you could afford radio advertising, you need to call me, Lori Zook, host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. My show reaches thousands of people on 29 AM and FM stations nationwide, as well as through the internet. Additionally, your commercials will also be heard on all of my podcasts and throughout social media sites. Don't wait another minute. Call me at 813-777-4908, 813-777-4908, and let me bring your message to the nation and to help you gain more exposure. Central Payment, your number one credit card merchant service provider in the industry. Providing e-commerce solutions, POS systems, standalone terminals, mobile apps, and much more, call Central Payment's James Carner at 813-777-4332. Looking for the lowest rates in the industry and number one customer service? Call Central Payment's James Carner at 813-777-4332. That's James Carner, 813-777-4332. Hi, this is Lori Zook, radio host from the world of Lori Zook. I was so nervous about getting tattooed, but after doing my due diligence and checking out companies and artists, I had my tattoos done by Justin Dubow of Suncoast Tattoos. He is knowledgeable and artistic, and he gave me a beautiful tattoo, and he put me at ease before, during, and after the process. I just love my new tattoo. Go get your tattoo at Suncoast Tattoos. Call them at 727-575-7935 today. That's 727-575-7935. Or go to suncoasttattoos.net. How glad the many millions of Annabelles and Lillians would be to capture me But you had such persistence You wore down my resistance I fell And it was swell I'm your big and brave and handsome Romeo How I won you I shall never, never know It's not just that you're attractive but how my heart grew active when you came into view. I've got a crush on you, sweetie mine, all the day and night time. Hear me sigh. 
the least notion that I could fall with so much emotion. Could you coo? Could you care for a lovely cottage? That you want to make money, we'll pick out the furniture. <laughs> the world will pardon my mush, but I have got a crush, my baby. On you. And here we are, back in my world, Andy. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful song. And I know, obviously, you were influenced heavily by Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. Who else influenced you? And has it changed over the years? Jimi Hendrix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's what I that's what I listened to. You know, Jimi Hendrix and the Cream, and and uh, got a big kick from my daughter about Eric Clapton. And we used to listen. She said, "That oh, you mean his dad." So, uh, <laughs> but what we what we listen to uh, often and what touches our hearts can be totally different things. And, and so I, I connect. I connect with that early '60s. And if I could go back in time, it would be to Vegas in '62, '63 to to see these guys. And there's such a, there's such a little bit of rare footage of of, of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. They, there's not a lot of footage of them and what they did, but they were just having a good time. Now, you did a tribute, uh, a tribute to the Sands, so why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because I actually thought you were yeah. at the Sands because when I looked at your YouTube, it looks like you're on this huge stage Yeah, it was a wonderful Sands. stage at, uh, at the Fort Harrison Hotel in Clearwater. Wonderful venue, great people. They were, uh, they were able to donate the facility and the food and all of the production staff and everything to a, to a wonderful musical charity. So I got to work there. Uh, the show uh, is almost note for note, the double album that Frank Sinatra recorded in late 1965 and released in 66, which was when he performed at the Sands with the Count Basie Orchestra. That particular two-album set has had seven different releases, so it's one of his more popular uh, collections. And a lot of musicians will listen to it, and what makes a great show? That's pretty much the perfect show, the timing, the type of music, the themes, the keys... It's a great show, so I chose to to do that show historically, and of course, this is many, many years uh, before My Way uh, was released, so probably a good four years prior to My Way, and a decade, and almost a decade and a half before New York, New York, and people will ask <laughs> at the end of the show, well, what happened to My Way in New York, New York? As well, Those are the popular ones, right? No, this ain't in here, baby. We're, we're doing these, <laughs> because it's a historic piece. Uh, and and I identify with that time and place uh, in the work that Frank Sinatra uh, did. You know, when his is not luck, and all the all the guys that are out there doing his material as as I am doing, I hope that that they all recognize that we're surfers riding on Frank mm-hmm. Sinatra's wave. What he did, the people that he assembled, his greatness, the best people wanted to be able to work with him. When you listen, all the years that I've intensely listened to Frank Sinatra's work, I still am amazed to listen to what he did with that part of the melody. He takes this tremendous risk. He could have gone wrong. And realizing the modern studio, the singer's standing in some booth isolated. The musicians left last week. 
this wasn't how it was done by Frank Sinatra. They were all pretty much standing in one place in one room. And often what you got on the recording was his first take. Didn't like multiple takes. If he abandoned that take that day, he would come back maybe a few days later and try it again on one take. Never wanted to lose the freshness. He did masterful things that no one would attempt to do unless you had great courage and tremendous talent. That's one of the things that I can say about, about Frank Sinatra. I think he influenced a lot of people, not <coughs> I mean, either to either to become singers, and then, of course, right. a lot of people just <clears throat> enjoyed him, and that's what made him so popular. Yeah, when you really listen to it, you'll hear someone else has done that song. They've all been done by many, many people. A song like More, uh, the, uh, the theme for Mondokani, uh, which means, I think, mad dog or something <laughs> but but when he does that piece there's parts in the melody where he takes these dramatic falls and the melody goes places that you don't hear other artists go uh, he was masterful at that now earlier you mentioned something i never really thought about before even though i'm a musician also but you you were talking about how you choose the songs say for a venue that they kind of have to sync with each other you know the keys that you choose and maybe talk a little bit about that because i found that very interesting yeah a lot of people i know that they don't go through that effort but i've I've said earlier about working with jill o'neill uh who's a, a wonderful friend very talented and does does that part of the show knowing we look at themes of a song is it a is it a romantic song? Is it about a breakup? And when you do in Sinatra, you're talking about a lot of breakup songs. Mm-hmm. I get a kick. People will say, it's our anniversary. Sing something romantic like Summer Wind. You really want to listen to those lyrics because it's about a breakup. Right, right. It's not a good anniversary tune, you know. It, yeah, it makes me think of breaking up is hard to do. Right. Everybody loves to sing it, but what are you really right. singing? What, what are, are the really words? And, exactly. And, and you don't always realize so that. So th- that's a big part of the Sinatra repertoire. Uh, but you've got breakup songs that are up-tempo. You have, you have romantic songs that are ballads. They might be up-tempo songs. They may swing. They might just be happy tunes. They're nonsense songs. You look at putting together performance and the keys. What key of song that the song is in following what song and what key? It makes a difference, particularly when they're in rapid succession. So building a show is, is, a, is quite an effort. It takes people with more musical knowledge. Like I said, I played trumpet, but I didn't learn nothing. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not a musician, uh, but I'm fortunate enough to have someone like Jill who can put a show together for me where it makes perfect sense. Gotcha. Now, what other careers have you worked? Because I know you also have a full-time, you have a full-time yeah. job. You're self-employed, so you're doing the music. Always, always. Well, I've, 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 been, in, I've been in media of all types. Uh, I've been in uh, real estate development. Uh, I've, I've been in in marketing, advertising. Uh, I was in agriculture. I was in the dairy business. That's my, <laughs> my, my heritage, my family's roots in the dairy. But basically, I can't hold down a job. See, that's the problem. <laughs> You've done many things. Yeah, I've done many things. And I think they, they, the, the music, yeah, I made a living at this. Uh, I did have a day job. I was still doing media. I had a small manufacturing company. And I had opportunities come my way. We haven't touched on that, but... I had a you know kind of a successful business in the pay telephone industry, and uh, I think a lot of people that are listening to this show have probably used products that I designed and manufactured. <laughs> well, at the time of this, uh, I met somebody very. I had not been singing more than a couple of years, and I met him, and he says, "Andy, baby, you got a picture?" So I said, 
Sure. I gave him a picture. He says, yeah, he was from Vegas, and he was a former uh, pit boss in Vegas. Uh, he says, you got a recording? I said, well, I'll make you one. You know, I don't have a recording, but I'll make you one. Well, a couple of weeks later, he comes to my house, and I, he makes a call, and he says, you're talking to the entertainment director at the Riviera. And he starts asking me a bunch of questions. Yeah, I like the way you look. I, you know, you, you sound good. Uh, uh, you know, you got a big enough repertoire. Uh, you want to come to Vegas because uh, you can make some money out here. And I got a Vegas offer. But I said, no, I'm not going to Vegas. I, I, I was born in Tampa. I was raised family here. My here. family's here. I have a business here. I had teenage kids, and I chose not to go. I also had an offer about a year later to tour the Glenn Miller Orchestra, which to me, Glenn Miller's an American treasure. Uh, and what an opportunity, but I could never seriously consider it. And recently, uh, more recently, to go to Biloxi and work at the Beau Rivage. That's rule number one. Understand where you're going to go if you want to be in this industry, uh, because there's not a lot of opportunities usually in your hometown. But oddly, a lot of people that I work with locally, I work with a wonderful drummer named Joe Renda. Uh, he's very successful here in Tampa, but he's from New York. Mm -hmm. He says I moved to Tampa because in New York there's few gigs and and they and they pay like thirty dollars a night. Even New York, my family is from New York, and they and they don't pay well for gigs. And, and interestingly enough, not too long ago, we had uh, Terry Myers from the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra mm -hmm. on. Now, he travels all over the world. I mean, he, every time I've ever emailed him, he's in some foreign country. So I'm, I'm, ner I'm always nervous if I'm going to text him because I might be waking him up at 4 a.m. because he's in Australia. Exactly. So, and, and, uh, but some people seem to be used to that type of life, so maybe they can do that if they don't. That's part of the choices kids, that know. you make. Where are you going? How far do you want to go with it? What is it you want to get from it? I was fortunate that for a period of time, and maybe 10 years, I was able to make a living from it, survive. And for a very short period, Period. It was a nice living. Uh, but I had other things I was doing besides. It, something had to back it up, and I really recommend that to people, that you have another plan. Most of the musicians that I work with, they're certainly professional, speaking in terms of their quality. And they do get paid, but I doubt that many of them in this market would be able to sustain their families and pay mortgages. So right. if, if you plan on being in this business, you have to have something else working for you if you're one of that one in 50 million, uh, you know, if you want right. to look at it, if that's your, if that's your goal, uh, then uh, something has to back it up. Right. You got to have that backup plan and have some other, other type of career. Right. Well, let me ask you the question I like to ask to all the musicians. What advice would you give to aspiring musicians? Don't do it. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. No, absolutely not. Uh, you, you do it out of love. Uh, you have to love this. It's not a great deal of respect. We sometimes kid ourselves in thinking we're being very respected it's a fascination an audience is going to have with you if, you, if you're playing in a nightclub or you're playing in a larger venue and maybe you've got a thousand people watching you and they're actually watching and listening that's a that's a major influence you're very influential and that's attractive to people we can't get lost lost in that you you you, you got to be realistic this is this is kind of a fairy tale thing that we're doing up here very few people make that the, the 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 big part of their life's entity do it for fun enjoy it if it's just for a friend if it's just for yourself if you're fortunate and somebody hears you uh, the only reason we were successful at all was because we got lucky and somebody heard us the connections part somehow yeah, you made a connection and, and, right? and the fellow that wanted me to go to vegas here's something it's not it's not who you know it's who knows you 
and that takes a lot longer than just a handshake or somebody's business card. So keep that in mind when you're venturing out into this industry. I gotcha. Now you currently still perform in the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, St. Pete areas, yeah. right? So you're still available for booking. If people want to talk to you or want to go to your website, how can, yeah, how can people my, get a hold of you? Yeah, well, my website, I don't maintain it anymore because I do that for a living. So yeah. I, don't, I don't feel <laughs> yeah. like doing it. But uh, if, if, if they want to grab a pencil, they can email me and I'll personally send back where, where I am. I'm not doing a lot, but as I said, at the uh, KPOC special events, first uh, Wednesday of the month currently, um, you can uh, shoot me an email and I'll give you the specifics. It's also on Facebook. If you can find a way to find it on Facebook, you can look for KPOC special events. <laughs> spell that. Af- K-pop. How do you spell KPOC? Uh, K-A-P-O-K. Okay. Okay. And uh, Or you just shoot me an email at Andy at Andy Stefano dot com and the last name is spelled s-t-e-f-a-n-o great well i I, i'm so glad that you joined me today i found it to be a very interesting show i want to thank you so much thanks for bringing me down here you're very very welcome and join us next week jeff yep (laughs) join us next week on the world of Lori zuck see ya we're drinking my friend to the end Of a brief episode Make it one for my baby And another one for the road I know the routine Put another quarter I feel kind of bad Can't you make the music Easy inside I could tell you a lot But it's not In a gentleman's code Make it One for my baby And another for the road Now you never know it But buddy I'm a kind of poet And I've got a lot of things I'd like to say And if I'm gloomy Please listen to me Till it's all talked away Well, that's how it goes And, Joe, I know you're getting Anxious to close Anyway, thanks for the cheer I hope you didn't mind my bending your ear But this, this torch that I found It's gotta be drowned Or it's gonna explode Make it one for my baby 
find another for the road that long At the Oaks of Clearwater, you'll enjoy a lifestyle to fit your needs. From independent living, assisted living, memory care, and skilled nursing. Our exciting independent lifestyle is the perfect combination of freedom, comfort, and security. Enjoy total independence with peace of mind. Our independent lifestyle includes chef-prepared meals in our beautiful waterfront dining room, a continental breakfast, all utilities, including cable and telephone, housekeeping with linen service, scheduled transportation, including trips for shopping, local restaurants, theater, and more. Our activities program is second to none. At the Oaks of Clearwater, you'll enjoy affordable luxury waterfront senior living with a million-dollar view. Call today, 727-445-4069, and discover where caring, compassionate service really makes the difference. 5,000 years of Chinese music and dance in one night, declares the New York Times. Shenyun Performing Arts will take you on an extraordinary journey from ancient dynasties to the modern day. Experience the wonder of authentic Chinese culture. Experience Shenyun. Coming to the Mahafi Theater, January 12th and 13th. Tickets at Shenyun.com or call 888-974-3698. Arg, matey. When it's time for lunch, when it's time for dinner, when the show's over, when the day's over, when it's time to chill, where do we go? Over to Naughty Nancy's Food Shack and Crow's Nest Pub. It's literally in our backyard, right in back of the WTAN studios at 700 Eldridge Street, just north of downtown Clearwater. Just look for the broadcast tower. Nancy's food and atmosphere get rave reviews. The laid-back patio is a great place to hang out, dine, and listen to live music at night. And Nancy's one of the friendliest proprietors in town. And now, Nancy is serving Sunday Jazz Brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Brunch served with Eggs Benedict, crepes, waffles, lox and bagels, shrimp, oysters, and a build-your-own omelet. That's all at Naughty Nancy's Food Shack and Crow's Nest Pub, 700 Eldridge Street in Clearwater. That's right where Eldridge crosses the Pinellas Trail between Myrtle and Fort Harrison. Call 446-3717. 446-3717. You're listening to the Tan Talk Radio Network.